Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. Such helpful uh, advice, Manon. Thank you for this interview. Love doing it. Beautiful. Let's give it up for Manon. Fantastic. So I want to talk to you today about the vow of priorities. In, um, on your wedding day, you would have made vows if you uh, are married, and uh, you make vows of purity, you make vows of commitment, you make all sorts of vows, but I want to talk to you today about the most important vow of all, and that's the vow of priority. What are your priorities? And I would like to guarantee to you that this will help enhance and enrich and maybe heal any family situation. Now, let's just do a quick survey uh, amongst uh, all the women here who are married. Um, how many of you, when you were younger, dreamt of marrying the perfect man, having the perfect wedding, uh, living in the perfect house, and even before you'd met him, you were already naming your perfect Children, how many, how many women identify with this little fantasy you had when you were a teenager? Probably, okay, a few of you, good, good. Let me just talk to the men a minute. Uh, men, you probably had a different fantasy when you were growing up, right. Um, men, how many of you, of you dreamt of having sex twice a day when you got married? Men, uh, you don't have to raise your hands, but if you do... Uh, you're in very good company. I notice children still present. Just block their ears for a minute. Uh, okay, now let me talk to both categories of people. How many of you are still dreaming? <laughs> right. Okay, <clears throat> you're a little embarrassed to raise your hand. Yeah, I was dreaming of the perfect man, but no, I'm still dreaming. Yeah. Yeah, I was dreaming of sex twice a day, but now I'm still dreaming. All right. Yeah, I know. Family life, uh, marriage doesn't always work out as the fantasies say, but that's not to say that it can't be a great marriage. It can't be a great family experience. Uh, even though statistics or reality tells us that there are struggling marriages all around us, and, and your marriage this morning may be uh, in a place where you go, we're struggling. And, uh, and that is, for you, one of the primary reasons I'd love to uh, preach this message, um, because it is not that unusual. 50% of marriages end in divorce, and many of the 50 that don't are struggling. That's the reality we face, but that doesn't mean there's no hope. With the right instruction and the right priorities, we can make sure that our marriages are strong. It hinges on this one vow, and that is this, that we vow to put God first and our spouse second. God first, our spouse second. You see, Disney tell, tell, tells us the, the storyline should be, there is the one. There is the one that's probably in a distant, far-off castle somewhere that will uh, sweep me off my feet and fulfill all my dreams. And that's the sort of um, uh, the, the Disney uh, interpretation of how it should be that there is the one. The problem with that is, as soon as you place the one as your one, 
you're putting them in a situation where they're bound to fail. Because there's no human being who can fulfill your needs that only God can fulfill. So turn with me to Matthew uh, chapter something, Matthew 22. And I'm going to read from 37 just to put this in perspective. Jesus says here, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first. Everyone say first. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second, everyone say second. The second is like it. Love your spouse as yourself. So God first, my spouse second. If, if you're wanting to be married, if you're not married, that is to say your vow would be I will seek God as my one whilst I prepare for my two. That is still God first while seeking my spouse. I had a family member a few years ago who was not um, pursuing God and yet he would say I'm looking for a godly woman to marry. And uh, of course the first thing that comes to your mind is well would such a woman really be that interested in you? Probably not. We have to first look in the mirror and go, am, am I the person that this person would be looking for? Andy Stanley, pastor of North Point Church, puts it like this. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. Become the person you're looking for is looking for. That is, in our pursuit of someone, let's first be pursuing God and become the person that we want them to be like, that our preoccupation is to pursue him. And so I love what Manon was saying in, in, in uh, that interview, that she gets up in the morning and her first pursuit is to be satisfied by him first. That doesn't stop when you get married. It has to remain. And that is our vow is this. If you're married, I promise that God will be my first priority and that my spouse will be my second as soon as you make your spouse your first priority, you're asking them to fulfill needs they're unable to fulfill. There's something that they're not able to give you. And they have been called to, of course, support you and invest in you, but they cannot fulfill you. Craig Rochelle, pastor of Life Church, puts it like this. He said, that which you idolize, you will eventually demonize. Let me explain that. So, uh, women, you meet the guy of your dreams, and you go, he is so laid back. I love hanging out with him. We have such a good time. You get married, and now you go, I can't believe it. He's such a lazy bum. He never gets off his... What you once idolized, you're now demonizing. Guys, you say to her, or you, you think about her before you're married, you go... She is so organized. She's got everything lined up. I love the way she makes life happen. That's what you married her for. Now you're married, you're going, I can't believe it. She's trying to control me all the time. I've got no space to breathe. What you once idolized, you now demonize. Why is that? Because we've placed her and him in a position they could never fulfill. We've set them up to fail. God first, our spouse second. And once we get this priority right, we then have to fight to protect that priority. And marriages are worth fighting for. Put it another way. If you know there was a 50% chance that driving a particular car today was going to cause you to have a, um, an, an accident that would end in death, 
would you do something to prevent it? Right. If you know, knew that there was a 50% chance that your child was going to get mugged by going to a certain part of the city, would you do something about it if you knew? Of course you would. You would fight to protect what is close to you. The same is true. There's a 50% chance, statistically speaking, of marriages separating. Are we fighting knowing it needs fighting for? I've been married 25 years, and I feel like we're working on our marriage as much now as we ever have done. There are some things we've shifted and changed, but we're still working on it like crazy. We're still working through it. There is something you can do to shift your priority and make sure your marriage will prosper. God first. Now, putting God first is not an excuse for not giving your spouse attention. It's not an opt-out. The Pharisees, Jesus accused the Pharisees of opting out of their responsibility uh, for looking after their family because they said, well, you know, God is my first priority. I give him all my money. You know, the family can take care of themselves. That's not what we're talking about when we say God first, spouse second. That spouse, I hate that word spouse. If occasionally I slip into saying wife, it's because I'm the husband, right? If you're the other way around, interpret it the other way around. My wife comes next. That is, I defend the fact that she is next in my world. Genesis 2.24 says, You will leave your father and your mother and be united with your wife. And you'll become one flesh. You will leave your parental home. That word leave means you're loosed from. Let me talk to any cultures here for whom their extended family is like, it's like you know, the sacred, sacred thing. And let me just shake it a little bit and cause it to tremble and then fall and collapse. Uh, you're probably from an Asian culture, uh, generally not European, um, or an African culture, or uh, in fact many cultures outside of Europe. What has become your strength, and that is you're so family orientated, now becomes your God, and that is your wider family uh, can slip in between you and your spouse. So now I feel an obligation to the family I'm meant to have been loosed from, that word leave my parents literally means to be loosed from, relinquish the responsibility from, uh, toward my spouse. And that is that your spouse is number two. That person comes before anything else other than God. So many things get in the way of that responsibility order, that priority order. Family gets in the way. Friends get in the way. Classic is a man... Yes, married, he used to love hanging out three nights a week with his soccer mates, and that trend hasn't stopped now that they're married. Friends are becoming more important than the spouse. The big one nowadays, apparently, in, in marriage breakups is men playing video games late into the night. Uh, and so that becomes something that gets in the way of the relationship with their spouse. Uh, some couples sitting in bed with their mobile phones, scrolling social media, uh, I'm like do not have any creative imagination of what else you could be doing in bed other than that's a problem. That device is getting in the way of your marriage. There is a home for it, probably against the wall in a fit of rage in that moment. Things can get in the way. Your children can get in the way of your priority order. A home should not be child-centric. The marriage should be central to your family home. The greatest gift you can give your children for stability and love, security, and an example is for them to see you loving each other.
more than anything else. Your children don't get in the way. Think about it for a minute. Kids are only a temporary assignment to you unless you gave birth to a millennial. And then they're probably still at home when they're 30. If you're a millennial, 30 years old, still living at home, please, some advice to you, leave. <laughs> Bless your parents and say goodbye today. <laughs> if you're 25 and still living at home, please, Bless your parents. Grow up. Leave home. You were meant to be a temporary assignment. Uh, leave. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't name any names right there. Everybody else is naming the names. <laughs> you were meant to be a temporary assignment. But you, as a married couple, you're a, you're a permanent assignment. When the kids go, you're still left together. Uh, you, you will have another 30 40 years maybe of your life together after the children leave. You're a permanent assignment. What is more important? And what is more important to your children but to show them that you love your spouse first? So when you come home, who gets the first kiss? Your spouse. Not that I go around kissing my kids anymore. They would beat me up if I showed such, <laughs> such affectionate behavior at their age. Who gets your first attention? Kids are trying to talk to you whilst you're trying to talk to your wife. What do I do? No, I don't divert my attention. I tell them to shut up while I continue to listen to my spouse. Who gets your primary attention? God first, your spouse second. This is helping anybody here today. God first, your spouse second. I thought it would be interesting just to hear, for you to hear from Lisby because I'm, gonna, I'm coming at this from a, a male perspective and uh, and that has the danger of pretending there's nothing wrong with our marriage, of course. Uh, but this, I thought I'd ask Lisby three questions so you can hear from her how she keeps her priorities right. And then I'll talk to the men. So uh, I asked Lisby, what has meant... Uh, and by the way, this is not edited. This is what she said. Um, most, mostly. <laughs> no, no, this is completely what she said. There was one phrase I did... Uh, I SMSed her last night and went, did you really mean it like this? And she rewrote it for me, which is awesome. Uh, I said, what, what has it meant to you to put Jesus before me? She said, whilst I am placing my trust in you as the leader of our home, my first place of trust is with him. I trust him first to direct you and give you wisdom. I know on a marriage partner level, you give me security and protection, but I know that they come first from him. Only he can completely give me the deep inner needs I have as a woman. I have learned over 25 years to wrestle some tough things out with praying to him first before I come to you. Then I said, uh, well, how have you practically done that? And she said, through prayer and seeking him and working hard on growing my revelation of my identity in Jesus. Sometimes just meditating on this verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and mind. So my heart aligns with that truth and I speak out that allegiance in proclamation. If I f <clears throat> okay, this is the one that needed clarification. Uh, if I feel he has spoken to me and Steve thinks contrary, uh, then I may have to challenge him. What is that? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I may have to challenge him, um, <clears throat> which is true. 
I've got to say. Uh, I, if you're not challenging one another in your marriage, then you're missing out on, on one of the best people to help shape who you could become. Lisbeth's not afraid to help speak into my world. I'm, I'm not afraid to speak into her world. Maybe for you guys, some of you need to start speaking up and speaking into and encouraging, building up, but also bringing some um, perspective in other ways. <laughs> and uh, in fact, this has been both the blessing of our marriage, but also the challenge of our marriage because we're both very dominant personalities. And so um, in our early years of marriage, and even today to some degree, but of course as you, as you get a little older, you learn ways to deal with it. In our early years of marriage, this would have been one of our big challenges. We both are dominant, both very headstrong, and uh, both have very clear opinions, and they don't always come together and match. And so after I tell her she needs to submit, um, we then continue to fight a little further, and then we come to a compromise. <laughs> and that's usually the best. Uh, but we've had, to, we've had to work these things out. We've had to talk them out. And so I said, what, what else has been critical to you in your marriage? She says, um, critical in our marriage is the ability to talk through everything, even if it's uncomfortable, and we have to work through some messy emotions in order to come to a place of understanding each other. It's been important for us to learn to put each other before our boys so we maintain a balanced and healthy family. Date nights together and making sure we're giving each other quality time. Deciding on our predetermined values that have pointed us true north and praying together when our hearts need to unite is what she says. Guys, let me talk to you just for a minute. Um, Women, we need to, you need to pr protect priorities. That's great advice. Men, we need to protect our priorities. That means we go to God first too, that we're people of prayer, that we lead by example in the home, that we don't just wait for her to suggest quality time together might be a good idea, that we don't just wait for her to suggest talking together might be a good idea. I know women are generally better at initiating conversation, but... It's good for us, guys, to learn the art of initiating conversation, to, to process aloud with our wife certain things. Uh, I'll frequently go to Lisbon and go, hey, I think we need to talk about this thing that's going on, this elephant in the room, this hidden dynamic, this emotion we're obviously both feeling. But, and I, I, I will raise it and, I, and I'll say, Look, well, let's talk about it tomorrow night or whenever we're free to talk about it. And, so that I can sort you out. Uh, and so we, <laughs> or you can sort me out. Or, which, but, but we need to talk about it. We need to air it. Quality time together is so essential. And, and nowadays people's expectation of what that means is so high. It's like, but I haven't got the money for it. You don't need money to have quality time. There have been times in our lives where we've wanted to shop together. So we go out window shopping. We don't buy anything. We just we come back with a tube of toothpaste. We've been looking at clothes and shoes and, and, and cars and come back with toothpaste because that's all we could afford, but we've had a good time together. We've learned the art of making one drink last an entire evening. You can do that. You don't need money to have a good time. I mean, you, can, you don't have to drink that thing in five minutes. If you're going to make it last, order a cold drink. 
but you can make it last all night. You don't have to go to a concert to dance. Your living room can be a dance floor. Why not? We've danced at home. You don't need money to... to it's usually an excuse. Uh, our laziness is usually an excuse not to invest in our marriages. And we need to be careful not to take the road of least resistance. Let me just finish with this. I'm going to ask the band to come. My one last thought for you is we're talking about the vow of priorities. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, love your wives. Love your wives just as Christ loves the church. Men, we're people of the church. Men, we need to lead the way in prayer in our homes. We need to lead the way in bringing our families to church. We need to lead the way in being in a group and serving. We need to be the example that our children need to see, that our wives need to see. Men, husbands, love your wife as Christ loves the church. How much do you love your wife? How much do you love the church? And I know here today there are people here and you're hurting in your marriage. Maybe you're hurting from a marriage that hasn't worked. Maybe you're hurting because of an area of your marriage that keeps being a problem. I want to pray for you. Could we stand to our feet? Your commitment to these priorities is going to be the number one thing that's going to help you ensure your family stays healthy. God first. Your spouse second. Everyone say after me. I believe God is my first priority and my spouse is my second. If you're here with a marriage partner and they're standing next to you, I want you to just grab their hand. It's a cute moment. If you're here without your partner, just imagine. <laughs> I want to pray for you. Father, I, I thank you that you heal marriages. Guys, before I go on and pray, let me, let me just say, it's okay to recognize there might be a struggle. If anyone asked me at any given time over the last 25 years, is there a struggle in your marriage? I would say yes, at any time. There's always something. There's always an area this and I have always been very intentional in our marriage to say, yes, that's a struggle. Yes, let's try and deal with it. It's okay right now to say, God, you know, in this area, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're admitting that your marriage is failing. It's just saying in this area, we could do better. In this area, we're vulnerable. In this area, we need your help. And so, Father, in that area, I pray today, in that area, you'd bring your strength and your wisdom and your grace. You say that your grace is sufficient in our weaknesses. So Lord, I pray right now for healing. Healing of pain, healing of any hurt, healing, and, uh, healing of any past hurt where marriages have not worked out. Thank you, your mercy is new every morning. That today is a new day. There is still a future and a hope. 
That future does not have to be determined by the fact that we it didn't work once. So God, we forgive and we let go in order to embrace your healing. In Jesus' name. If you're here today and you're wanting to get married, I want to pray for you too. Lord, I pray for every person standing here who is seeking to get married. Touch their lives, Lord, by the presence of the Holy Spirit. I pray as they seek you and pursue you, as they seek you first, everything else will be added to them. God, I pray you'd bless them provide for them because I know you're good to them in all their ways in Jesus name well thank you for listening today I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ Maybe you've never asked Him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been, you've been moving away from Him. And today, I want to invite you to come back to Him. Or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now. And I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, Let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past and I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, Today, the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.